Hello, everyone, and welcome to the, oh, you podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to OU with our very special guest today, Dina Denbo. How are you? Good. Who's a program coordinator in the Department for Community Projects and Partnerships. Can you start? Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, I'm the oldest in a family of seven, originally from Los Angeles. I live in New York now. What neighborhood in Los Angeles? Pico Robertson, Beverly Wood. Okay. Um, Where'd you go to school? Valley Torah was my high school. Okay. Um, yeah, I grew up there. I left home when I was 17 to go to seminary in Israel. And after that, I stayed in Israel for five years. Wow. What did you um, do for five years? So after seminary, I joined the army. I served for two years and four months. Where um, did you serve for I, two years and four months? I My base was up north. Um, obviously, I traveled a lot also for different missions, but primarily up north. And I was a drill sergeant for trainees. Wow. Yeah. Ken Hamifakedet. Ken. Right? That's what a lot of people said to you. Yeah. I started off as a Mifakedet, and then over the year, I moved up ranks. Um, and I stayed in Israel also after my army service until COVID, and then moved back home. Okay. And now, now I'm here. Well, home is still there, probably, yes. right? Did you make Aliyah? Officially, yes. Okay. Uh, I was also born there. So I had citizenship, and during my seminary year, I decided to turn that citizenship into something more substantial and real, and not just the dual citizenship that I had viewed it as my whole life. So I did make official Aliyah when I joined the Army. So Denbo is an Israeli name? No, my dad was a student at Asha Torah okay. when my parents got married, and my mom's originally from Montreal, but she met my dad in Israel. So, What's her maiden name? Menses. I don't know them. I'm also from Montreal. My grandfather was an artist. I don't know if he, most of his art was not in Montreal, but okay. he was an artist. And she lived there until she went to seminary. So Amazing. Yeah. What seminary did you go to? The Air Maryam in Harno. So you, how do a lot of uh, people go from Bear Miriam to the Israeli army? No. Can you explain how that happened? Yeah. So I guess I'm a very stubborn person. I did say since I was a kid that my dream was to join the army um, and serve in Israel. Why did you think that? To join the army? Yeah. Because of the time I spent in Israel, I think it was very powerful to see the soldiers protecting us. My dad ran a cure program every summer in Israel. So when my family was there, it was just, it was the culture, mm-hmm. seeing them walking around the streets. Um, I didn't think I would actually go through with it, but during my seminary year, um, the Harnof massacre took place mm. and it was very close to home for me. Yeah. Um, it was close to my seminary. My seminary was on lockdown. My grandparents lived in Harnof at the time and I just thought to myself, I could either go the rest of my life asking what if, maybe I should have gone, what if I did go, or I could join, and I was young at the time, I had just turned 18, so, or I could go and it could be either the two best years or the two worst years of my life, and it was the two most life-changing years of my life. How did your life change? Well, I wasn't religious when I was in the army. Um, I was someone who really struggled with connecting, finding purpose. I was also very reckless. I like to live on the edge. Um, and the army gave me meaning. It gave me a sense of community. 
responsibility. My soldiers were a huge inspiration to me, seeing them live a tour life while also being on base and faced with so many challenges that when I left, I decided I wanted to lead a tour home and build that for myself. Beautiful. Beautiful. What a story. Yeah. How did you get to the OU? How did I get to the OU? Well, a dear have recruited me. Um, that's how I got here. Mm -hmm. Tag. I, <laughs> yes. I was looking for something new. I was working in the Basie Aqua High School in Los Angeles. I wanted to do something that would make a positive impact. I had done work like this in the past. Um, and New York did offer me a lot more experience and an opportunity to be close to my friends. So I had told her, if you want me to move to New York, find me a job. And she had been working at the OU for a little bit over a year and only had great things to say. So she sent my resume in and here we are. Amazing. Yeah. If someone gave you a million dollars to start a program at the OU, what would it be? What would it be? I would probably actually use the money towards an existing program that needs the funding. Which one? Uh, Living Smarter Jewish, which is my focus. All right. What's Living Smarter Jewish? Okay, Living Smarter Jewish is a program that offers, it's a three branch program. Um, the one branch offers free financial coaching to anyone who needs it, whether that's investment advice, budgeting tips, learning how to manage or save your money better. Uh, the second is providing financial literacy content. So speakers, podcasts, things that will help you educate Any yourself. Any famous podcasts in there? Yes, the Kosher Money podcast is a huge hit. And we also have a free high school curriculum that is built for uh, ages and grades uh, 11 and 12. So, Terrific. Yeah. Okay, so you'd give them, them that money? Yes, probably. And what would they do with it? Probably hire more staff. To do what? To do the coordinations. In the past year that I've been here, we went from coaching approximately 100 to 200 families to over 2,000. And I could definitely use some extra help with the coordination. Okay. So you'd basically be giving yourself the money? No, I'd be giving it to someone else to help me. Okay, good. I like it. How do you want to improve yourself in the next year? I want to be able to reflect on criticism that I get within my job and also just in life and be able to enact it and see myself getting better in those areas that need improvement. Wise words for anybody. What is something that you believe in that if the entire world believed it, make us uh, better people and the world a better place. That we don't need to agree with other people's opinions. We can just respect them. And I think that especially nowadays, if we all had that mindset, we'd be in a better place. You miss Israel? Yes. When you Too miss, much. <laughs> you miss the army? Yes. Would you ever think of going back? Um, I think about it all the time. I ended off my service on a very positive note for myself, but not such a great positive note with the person I worked with. So it definitely changed my perspective of military life. And I think I stopped at the right time, given the direction growth-wise and religious-wise that I was on. Um, but army life, I am a big fan of. I think it was very healthy for me and I would love to go back someday. Are there army life lessons that you're going to bring into your own family life? Yes, I do. All the time. My family has to tell me to stop. Okay. Um, I think structure is like a huge thing. Um, waking up early is now just a part of my day-to-day -day lifestyle. Not How early? Like my first alarm is at 530. Not like too early, but pretty early. 
it gives me a start on my day and I feel more productive. Um, starting the day by making my bed and accomplishing something small is also I took from the army. Do you do the quarter trick on your bed every morning to no, see if it bounces? but okay. I do do military, like the folds at Corners? the end. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. And just a lot of, a lot of it comes down to communication. You want to have respect from the people that you're directing and instructing. Um, I was a female instructor in charge of just males, um, many of whom were much, much taller than me. <laughs> um, and so creating relationships where there was respect and open dialogue and an openness for conversation and hearing both sides was very important for my success. And I think that that also is in my everyday life. Um, also being friendly and approachable to everyone, whether it's at the, in the workforce, random people who I wouldn't necessarily work with side by side, uh, just being able to have those conversations really goes a long way. And that I learned in that. So now, you know, you're talking to the executive vice president, right? Yes. Chief operating officer. What lessons from army life would you guide me that I should be bringing to the OU? Well, one thing actually that stood out to me um, was probably my first couple weeks working at the OU when we had one of our HR meetings mm -hmm. and you had come in to speak and you made a point of telling everyone to just wave when they walk by. That was something that, I mean, I do it. Yes, you um, do. So I think it was something that was very important. You know when you did it recently? No. When I was having a conversation with a group of maybe the people in the room right now and they're like... Who should we be interviewing? And oh, you. And you walked by and waved. And oh, it was like a that's great. That's how uh, I ended up here. Good to know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's important. I feel like no matter what your rank was in the army, um, the idea was always brought to me, which I made sure that my soldiers felt is that you shouldn't be imposed by someone who might seem more important because at the end of the day, their job is to make your job easier and your job is to make their job easier. And in order to succeed at that, they should be familiar with you and there should be an openness where if there was an issue or something to talk about, you can feel comfortable to go up to them. So even with my superiors in the army, it was very important that if I would walk by them, I would stop, salute, give them the recognition, say hello, um, just to be present in their day to day. Amazing. What's the most interesting thing that's ever happened to you? Probably the journey from, I mean, it seems like a long time ago, but the journey from being a reckless kid and having a very tense relationship with my parents and family to learning how to navigate that and now having one of the best relationships with my parents and family. That's great. Yeah. Can you teach anybody else how to do that? Um, okay, this is going to sound like really cliche since it's it seems obvious, but... Something that helped me accomplish this was taking responsibility for my immaturity and recognizing that my parents did their best and I was not in a place to accept what they were teaching me and to accept the way that they were teaching me what they were doing. Um, ultimately, you have to be ready to accept change and you have to be ready to take the criticism like I had mentioned previously. And if you can just focus on how you respond to things and how you 
are going to react, then that can go a long way. So even now, if my parents say something that I might not necessarily agree with, I just say, okay, thank you. And then I'll reflect on it. I might go back to them after and have a conversation and say, this is how you said something. I'll take it a different way. Can we maybe meet somewhere in the middle or discuss this further? But it's not, I don't view it in a way anymore as like being attacked or uh, being called out for our differences. Rather, we are just different and we have different ways of approaching things. So Amazing. All right, we're going to do some rapid fire questions. Okay. Ready? I'm ready. On the edge of your seat. How many mezuzahs are in our office? Ooh, how many doorways are even in? I don't think there's that many doorways. Maybe 50. Why does a round pizza come in a square box? Who came up with these questions? <laughs> Why does, uh, please answer. Why does a round pizza come in a square box? See, the fun is putting you on the spot. And I don't know. See, I've I, never thought of this before. I already before. know the answer, so. So, I don't know. Good question. You could have asked me a question. Like, have you ever seen a round box before? No. Right. Okay. But I'm sure they can make one, so that is a good it question. Could, it could. It's easier to make square ones. Maybe, though, you should make one. Next business idea. What kitchen utensil would you be? Um... Probably a mixer because I like to be productive and get things done, but I also really make a mess. And I feel like any time I've used a mixer, it hasn't ended well. Uh, one more. If you could wake up tomorrow having gained one quality or one ability, what would it be and why? The ability to be able to speak to people in a way that was sensitive to all feelings and personalities and not hurt anyone's feelings. Great. Yeah. And that's why? Great. Probably because I communicate with so many people throughout my day and that's always a big concern of mine. Okay. You have any questions for me? Yes. Where do you come up with the pizza box question? <laughs> it's a Google question. It's one of the questions that they ask their interview or that they used to ask their interviewees when they would come in for jobs. Oh. And it shows you how people think, if they can figure it out, or if they're funny, or... Well, now it's annoying me that I've never seen a pizza in a round box. Yeah. That, that's where my mind's going. Right. Well, we'll have to... And I'm also concerned that you didn't have enough questions focused on me, that we had to go to Google questions, but that's good, because I don't like answering questions about okay, myself. Okay, so what so question... Is... That's the next question. <laughs> what question didn't I ask you that you were hoping I wouldn't? Is Spider-Man real? Is Spider-Man real? Spider-Man is definitely real. Oh, can you prove it? I can't. That's the entire... It's belief. Yes. Okay. And why do we believe that Spider-Man is real? Because a world with Spider-Man is just a better place to live. Let's pretend you're still uh, a Mifakedet. Okay. And I am your trainee. I want, I want you to teach me. I want, <laughs> I want you to teach me. I want you to show me like what, what's something, like what's a command that you would make me... Make me do or something like okay. that. Okay. Am I supposed to speak in Hebrew? Should I no, act it's fine. Out the Just part? translate. Yeah. Okay. I didn't. You didn't polish your shoes this morning? No, ma'am. Okay. <laughs> Thank you.
But you didn't scream. You no, never no, scream? No. Someone asked me at the OU a few weeks ago how often I yelled at my soldiers. And in truth, I didn't yell at them often. Um, like I said, a huge part of it was earning the respect and speaking to them as individuals as opposed to just soldiers. And I did find that I was more intimidating when I spoke quietly and when they had to be quiet. Yeah, I was a little scared over there. <laughs> and um, yelling was more of like, if, if they were being punished, if we were doing an exercise, if we were doing a drill, then at that point I would probably raise my voice. I was speaking to 60 soldiers and I'm a really short individual and I did stand far away from them on purpose to appear taller. So sometimes I had to project my voice, but overall I did try to speak quietly um, and command the room that way. Amazing. What bracha would you give the OU going forward? The bracha that I would give to the OU is from my day-to-day -day work here, I have seen the powerful impact that we have on Jewish life and communities throughout the world uh, and how much we touch each family, whether it seems like something small or something large and the appreciation that people have for what we do. And I would give the OU a bracha that they could continue to inspire and reach communities throughout the world to make a difference. And if it's not recognized by people, then at least we should know the impact that we're having on these families and individuals. And that should inspire us to keep going back and doing more work. Amen.